Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you want to discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs, and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20-year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story and enhance their recovery even further. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. So grateful that you're here with me today. And that is what I'm grateful for. I am grateful that we're almost at 200 episodes and you know, if you listened yesterday, you'll know that we are changing it up a bit. The Road Beyond Recovery is going to be rebranded as you're sober, now what? Because that now what piece of recovery is what I'm really passionate about. I know that for myself personally, I got really complacent in around my fifth year. And that seems to be, you know, between that five and 10 year mark where a lot of people drop off. I mean, you first see it after the one year because all that excitement kind of fades away. And then it's like, okay, this is real life, right? We got to continue on. Um, And so that's why I'm passionate about this transition into the You're Sober Now What podcast. And we're going to still have amazing guests that will share their stories and really tell you that now what part, right? You're going to get to just like if, you know, you're clean and sober today and you've been listening and maybe you're feeling complacent, maybe you're feeling stuck, you're feeling lost, uh, you're worried that you're, you know, going to relapse one day that now what part of their story is what will give you that hope, just like when you first got clean and sober, to now achieve or enhance um, a better life and long-term sobriety. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. So that is what I'm grateful for today. And if you've been listening, you would know that I'm hosting the first Rise Beyond Recovery Virtual Summit starting April 4th. So that's coming up quick and you can join us for to hear from 30 speakers in recovery on how they overcame their addiction, um, built that foundation in recovery and then created a life so good for themselves that they never want to go back to their old way of living. And they're all going to give you tips and strategies on how you can enhance your recovery as well. Now, the event is free to attend, but you can also purchase a VIP lounge pass, which is only 25 bucks. 15 of that goes to getting people into Teen Challenge, which is a long-term recovery treatment uh, facility. And you'll get lifetime access to the speaker recordings. You'll also get a gift uh, from many of the speakers, which is probably a value over, I'd say, $4,000. There's meditations, coaching sessions, and so much more, eBooks. Um, 
And I'm really excited about it. So make sure you come join us. You can find more information at www.risebeyondrecovery.ca. Now I figured since we're on the money theme as of yesterday's episode, if you didn't go listen to that with Dr. Amanda, make sure you go check that out. Today I am hanging out with my friend Daphne Jones from Gen X Women Entrepreneurs. Now Daphne and I talk about finances and recovery because I think that that is probably something a lot of us face. I mean I racked up you know $75,000 worth of debt throughout my addiction and actually twice. (laughs) It wasn't the first time I did it and so when I came into recovery I had very high financial insecurities. I of course had lost everything and so I think that Finance is something that a lot of us have to build up again once we come into recovery. So, you know, we talk about what led um, her to become a wealth coach. We also talk about finances and recovery and forgiving yourself for being addicted, right? And how, of course, your money story can affect your business if you have a business or if you're an entrepreneur. So check it out. I hope you enjoy and I'll see you at the end of the show. And we are live today. I'm excited because I'm hanging out with my friend Daphne Jones. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing doing great. Good. I was just on your show, which that was such a gift. It was so great to talk to you guys. But now we get to dig a little bit into your story and okay. what you help entrepreneurs, specifically Gen X women, do. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit right now about yourself currently, what it is you do today and who you are? Okay. Uh, well, I'm Daphne Jones, the smart money chick. And I, I'm a wealth coach and podcaster. Now, the My coaching practice and our podcast are focused on Gen X women entrepreneurs um, who've entered uh, a second phase, which is entrepreneurship. And whether you're whether this is a choice about you becoming an entrepreneur or it was forced upon you because you were pushed out of corporate or couldn't get back into corporate, the um, so we we bring them information. We talk about mindset, entrepreneurial mindset, which is really important. If this is the, not the first thing you've done, we talk about your money mindset because that is attached to how much revenue you're going to produce. Uh, everybody has a money thermostat. We talk about just basic skills like marketing and sales. And we, of course, and then there's inspirational, where we bring on women entrepreneurs like yourself to just to tell their story of where they are on the journey. So that's the podcast. And the wealth coaching is, again, focused at Gen X women to, uh, to gain confidence to take action with the money. Because remember, not taking action is still a decision and it, and it affects you. So that's the biggest thing about women, feeling the confidence, setting boundaries, things of that nature. I love that. And I think, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more, but taking action with your money, right? When I first came into recovery myself, I was scared because I was terrible with my money and I had basically, you know, destroyed my life in that way. But exactly when I realized that I could actually take action and invest in myself and and start investing, I mean, things started to change a lot. So, but why don't we start back? You know, I always like to kind of get a little bit into the story. You know, what was life like growing up for you? What led you to where you are today? Well, just the, uh, I guess, 
a working class uh, kid up from Chicago, uh, parents, unionized workers. My dad drove a bus. My mom was a ticket agent for Chicago Transit Authority. So um, it was a lifestyle. I don't think you see much in the U.S. anymore because my, my parents were they were unionized workers, you know, had the house, the dog, three kids. But money wasn't discussed much. I still come from that time period where money wasn't talked about. And if it was, it was whispered and there was never enough of it. Um, we were in no way poor or, or in trouble in any way, but still money wasn't talked about. And um, I didn't pick up the best habits from mom and dad because they were big credit users, but, but they were, you know, they were awesome parents. They loved us and we had awesome Christmases and birthdays. <laughs> so I remember that. So I remember that. So um, and uh, then joined the military between the military and corporate America, that was about 20 plus years. And what really piqued the interest with money was uh, there was an illness that I was no longer able to work for a time period. And this was what, late thirties. So my earning capacity was pretty good by that time. And then the double whammy of 08, uh, my husband became unemployed. And if you, you wanna see a, a some sad people is when two high income wage earners <laughs> lose their wages, uh, you, you discover where the, where the holes are in the bucket because um, paychecks are, uh, they're mulligans, they're do-overs. Every two weeks, you get a do-over about whatever financial decision you made, you get a do-over. And when that stops, that's a bit of a problem. So you start reading, learning after you through being panicked and figure out what you can do from there. So that's, that also became part of, the, of, of my practice of wealth coaching. Because a big thing is forgive yourself. Forgive yourself and now we're gonna, we're gonna chart a course. And I love that because I had to forgive myself. I mean, you know, I went through 22 years of addiction. I remember getting into financial trouble in my early 20s because of the credit cards, right? I, And it's funny because I didn't pick up those bad habits from my parents because, you know, they were really great. Like I grew up in a very loving, you know, middle income family as well. But I think because we never, you know, we weren't spoiled as kids. As soon as I had the opportunity and I was given these credit cards, which was really dangerous, looking back now at the, you know, at the age of 19 years old sure. and having five credit cards, mm -hmm. I took full advantage because I'm like, I'm an adult now. I can do whatever I want. And that didn't work out so well. Well, yeah, they, because with, um, and I believe it's still the case, you're introduced with the stuff at college. Yeah. And uh, with so many of us having gotten through college with loans, you never felt the pain of signing those loan papers because the payments were some, it was then. You know, don't worry about the payments. That is the last thing when you're borrowing money. You, the payments and repayment should be forefront in your mind, even more so than the loan itself. But no, don't worry about it. So when it came to getting the cool T-shirt or the Frisbee or the credit card with your school on it, don't worry about it. You're, yeah, money's there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes. And it was, it was the shiny thing, right? It was exciting because now we could do what we wanted and we could worry about everything later. And I think, you know, I, I would have thought I had learned my lesson, but I didn't. Of course, my coping, my coping mechanism was alcohol, which just got me further and further into debt. So when I came into recovery, 
I remember that shame around money because I had gone bankrupt, right? My marriage was ending. I was unhealthy and I had a really hard time. You know, you talk about that forgiveness and I think that, you know, money and addiction are very similar in that way, right? And I think a lot of us that come into recovery struggle. That's why I think this is such a relevant topic and I'm so grateful you're here here today to chat about this. But can you kind of talk about that forgiveness in terms of how it's very similar in addiction and money? Well, if you don't forgive yourself, and it's important to remember forgiveness, it doesn't mean forgetting because you don't want to make the same, the same mistakes twice, but you can't move forward until you get rid of the guilt. And that's why the forgiveness is important because, um, well, I'm a believer. So I do think there's a, there's a spirit running around that wants you to be feeling guilty and holds you back from, from all you can be. So when you're guilty and you're constantly beating yourself up, you never move forward. We don't get into the process of thinking about how to get things better. It's just, woe is me. Instead of, instead of thinking, how can I do this? I did that. Therefore I can't anymore. And so my mindset's so very important. And that's why forgiving yourself frees the mind to, to move forward and get some some new some things going that can get you out of your current situation absolutely so in terms of mindset you know i know that i teach mindset more on the overcoming those limiting beliefs when it comes to your ability to do something more and i think it's very similar with money when you start working with women what do you start with like what's an area where you can start to kind of shift that mindset well one um Money is, uh, it's not finite. There's a lot of money out there. There's a lot of money out there. Even though you may feel tight about your situation, you may feel, um, man, what's a good word, agitated about your situation. Uh, often, how often have you heard the phrase, I don't have enough. I don't have enough money to save. I don't have enough money to invest. Okay, so there's no shortage of money. And that's really important. So it's, it's developing an abundance mindset. And then once we can do some exercises where you internalize that, it's not just me telling you uh, like I'm doing here today. It's once you develop the mindset that, that there's plenty of money out there. And then we can start working on techniques for you to, uh, to acquire some of it. And sometimes it's simply, not sometimes, but most of the time it's, I'm not going to use the word management is how you're structuring your budget. I, this topic, like I, because I just became an entrepreneur in March mm-hmm. and I, you know, I have faith that, you know, in a higher power that when I'm doing the right thing and I'm serving my purpose and helping other people that my needs will always be met. But that being said, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, when I got sober, I went bankrupt, right? I lost pretty much everything and I had to build up again. I had to pay that off. I tried to make my amends for that, but I was still nervous, right? For probably the first five or six years as I started to build my life up again, I had a good job, a good corporate job, mm-hmm. um, started to put savings, I invested, right? And it, it, it really helped and it helped me build that confidence. But in the back of my mind, there was always that fear of, what if I go back there? What if I take a chance? I start to invest in myself. I start to invest more. 
what if, right? Because I, I couldn't help it, right? Because of my two times in my history. So when I did finally make the leap in March, I decided, you know what? I feel like this is the way that my God has been pushing me to go yes. because all this stuff has started to happen and I couldn't deny that anymore, right? And it felt really good to finally be able to take that leap of faith, mm -hmm. but it was jumping without you know, knowing that that net, that safety net was going to be there because I did have to take a leap of faith. So how, you know, does your money story, because that is something I've really had to work on is my own mindset. How is your money story affecting your business? Because I think especially for people on the, that listen to my show that are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs, but they're still in that, they're a little bit afraid. How does that affect your business? I think my money story, and I had to come to grips with it, was paying for coaching. That was my big block. Investing in myself. There we go. Yeah. Let's make it bigger than just coaching, but let's make it just self-investment. And that it's that it's required that you invest in yourself. Now, some of that is going to be coaching. Some of it is going to be reading. Uh, you're going to have to, there's going to be an outlay somewhere. You're going to outlay for training, actual training in, in how to acquire skills and things like that. And I had to understand that the first way I had to fix it for myself, you know, being, being a kid who grew up with part-time jobs and stuff like that, is that, okay, you're paying for time. For instance, we can, um, in setting up this podcast, in setting up a podcast, now that I have one and we're, uh, we're a season in, we're, in the, we're up to 50 episodes, I could probably show you how to get a podcast started much quicker than than someone that's starting from where we started from a year ago. That we could work together and meet several times. And at the end of this time period, you'll have six episodes and a thumbnail and a YouTube account and so forth and so on. Then you stumbling and fighting and taking six months to get somewhere I can get you in six weeks. And that's what finally turned my head about coaching. Okay. They're doing it. They can show me how to do it. And I can, in other words, I can buy to that, to that point. So you're buying time and time is awesome. It, you can replicate anything else, but you can't replicate time. And so investing in yourself does that, whether it's a book isn't $20, but it's got a million dollar idea in it. You may go through 200 pages and you don't hit it to page 189, but that's the idea that's going to change your business. And so you have to be open to that mindset. And then, you know, being a former athlete, I knew Jordan had a coach. Matter of fact, he wrote a very good book. Uh, I knew Tiger had a coach. I knew all the folks I admired, uh, Serena, they all had coaches. And then the longer you're at something, the coaches become more, more fine-tuned. Because eventually, Mike had a guy that just talked about shooting all day. That's it. You didn't talk about weightlifting, nutrition, nothing. Guy just talked about shooting. Or, or Tiger having a putting coach and just talked about putting. And uh, the coaching thing is so important. I mean, I... You know, I, I went to an event, I finally, I think or it was late 2019, mm -hmm. where our mutual friend, Adam, you know, I actually had first 
uh, taking them on as a health and nutrition coach, right? Because mm-hmm. I had no idea at that point that I wanted to do coaching. I knew that I loved helping women in, in recovery, learning to live a more you know sober lifestyle, but I had no idea what was ahead of me. I just knew that there had to be something more and I had no idea what that more was. So I went to that event and I remember sitting across the table, he invited us for dinner that night and, and talking with all these people in the health and wellness space that, you know, they started asking, what's your story? And I, because I, I wasn't drinking obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I shared a little bit of it. And one of the women there said, Tamar, like you have a story, you have a voice, you need to share that story. And she really inspired me in that moment. And I remember going home, looking her up, she had a mastermind. I didn't even have a business at the time. And so, but it was for people who were thinking about becoming entrepreneurs. And I Mm -hmm. thought, what if I surround myself, like you said, right, with people, coaches that have what I want, right, that are maybe just a few steps up from me, like you said, right, you at 50 episodes in can probably teach someone very quickly how to start a podcast, much like I can myself as well. But so I started doing, like, I remember being asked the first mastermind, you know, do you have an email opt-in? And I just sat there with like, it looked like a deer in a headlights going, um, I don't know. And she's like, okay, so you don't have an email opt-in, but don't worry, we're going to get you started. Right. And that was the first time I thought, okay, maybe these people can help me. And like you said, it's an investment that I love that you buy a book for $20 and there could be that million dollar idea. Like that is phenomenal. So you know, now that I've started my business, I have, of course, had to use some of my savings because I Mm -hmm. knew that for a few months, a period, I would have to, you know, the money that I had saved up, I would have to invest in my business. But I don't know if a lot of entrepreneurs, especially early on, think about retirement planning, right? I know that for me, honestly, when it was easier when I had a paycheck, right? That sure. And, and and when that stopped, that was scary because I thought, okay, well, I need to hold on. I can't put too much into my investments right now because I need to make sure that I have enough, you know, money to pay my mm-hmm. rent and survive. So, you know, can you talk about what that looks like retiring or planning for your retirement as an entrepreneur? Well, okay. Let's say you're coming out of corporate. And what I tell so many people now is, Lord have mercy. If it was a choice leaving, like you, you quote planned it out or you got called in and was sent away. Please don't dissolve the retirement plan you have there, whether it's a 401k, 403b, any of that. Don't dissolve it and consume it. The taxes are going to eat you up, so you're not going to get all of it back. And once that's gone, and it's going to be gone very quickly, you're still going to have to figure something out as far as whether it's starting a business or just living. And particularly for folks who are laid off. Oh, I had to. And when you talk to them, when you meet them later, a decade later, and, and they're talking to a money person like me, and they go, you know what? That little $8,000 didn't do a damn thing for me. But that same money compounded 7% annually, which is average. And I'm still, you know, now that I'm a few years away from the age where I could start taking it, oh man, yeah, yeah, it would have made a difference. So, okay, that, that's one, that's the warning story I have about don't consume your retirement accounts. The uh, the government incentivizes business owners. 
they incentivize you to own businesses. Um, I even recommend a side hustle to folks who are very happy with their jobs, with, with their current employer, because of the tax benefits. The taxes are structured for business owners. Uh, you're able to write off so much more things you do daily that as an employee, you can't write off. You can write off if you own a business. You can write off a whole room of your house and part of your utilities. And you can even structure your car note and various things like that. And so and retirement is another one. So you can set up plans. For, for instance, there are individual 401k plans if you're depending on how you set up your business entity. Um, a simple LLC, whether you're taxing yourself as a C or an S corp. Uh, disclaimer, I am not a tax expert. We are simply discussing these. We are not giving advice. <laughs> we have to do that. But there are, there, there, are, there are a multitude of accounts out there. And you can get them with just being a solo entrepreneur. You don't have to have X amount of employees and things of this nature. Get you get you a good accountant, not just a bookkeeper, an accountant, and to go over that with you to help you because it's going to help you tax wise right now. Again, taxes are structured for that. It's going to help you in the future. And yes, you can afford to put some money away. Coaching is important, but also putting money away for retirement is important because you want to design your version of retirement. It. Um, I've seen many people, they played golf for about nine months or went to see the grandkids and then that ended and they, they moved into something else, uh, particularly us Gen Xers. So when you think of retirement, stop thinking of, you know, just sitting around watching TV. It's just simply to allow you the freedom to do what you like. And many times because we are older and we've started a business and we just love what we're doing, we can't see it ending. Okay, that's fine. But you still need to put some money away because one day there may be age may stop it at some point or you just may change your mind a decade from now. So retirement is important. You got to think about it. So now when it comes to, you know, investing and, and the, yeah, the 7% is pretty typical. That's what I make on my investments. Is that what you mean by, you know, how to make money in your sleep? Because <laughs> I, call, I call it the investment mix. And you do need to have your money working for you. Your money needs to have babies. And it should be diversified. So yes, that is what I mean by making money in your sleep, where you're actually, you're not looking at it. You're not trading uh, time for dollars or services or anything of that nature. And the money is still is multiplying, it's gaining interest. Um, I always recommend a good life insurance policy because it protects uh, current income and protects people you love. Um, and dividend bearing stocks uh, that produce a dividend. I've got some favorites. I, I particularly like REIT, uh, REIT's uh, Real Estate Investment Trust, because by law, they have to pay dividends. Um, crypto. Uh, I've got a course coming out on crypto, uh, the blockchain specifically, and also talking about Bitcoin. And so Again, so you have to, you do have enough money to invest. You do have enough money to save because they're one in the same. Um, savings accounts. Okay, I live on the Gulf Coast. I live in Houston, Texas. Okay, 
you always need to keep cash somewhere that you can lay your hands over it quickly. That you don't have to go to the ATM to get. Because I've lived through days with no power. <laughs> days with no power. The ATMs don't work. It's citywide. I've been through that. So, so I'm not one of those folks that say cash is trash and you should never have it. But also, you need cash, some form of cash, but you also need to have the rest of your money working. So savings and investing, I, I consider the same. And the and a great way to do that is to make sure that you're living somewhat below your means. Don't allow your lifestyle to expand as the money as more money comes in. When you get the coaching practice up and running and you've got those those clients that are paying you, you know, four figures to spend time with them. Don't consume all of it. Don't spend all of it. That is fantastic advice. Now, I, I did want to ask you a little bit about, you know, crypto, because sure. I don't know how many times um, a week I'm pitched now for mm -hmm. to, to invest in it. And because of somebody who doesn't know anything about it, can you talk a little bit about it? Because it is becoming more common and more people are talking about it. Well, with, um, okay. When most people discuss crypto, they're talking about Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin is crypto, but all crypto is not Bitcoin. So it basically, we're talking about, um, let's see, what's a good way to say it? Uh, it's, it's on the blockchain and it's decentralized in the sense that no government controls them. Uh, I, I own Bitcoin for transparency because it was the first, it's truly decentralized and it's limited as to the amount of Bitcoins that will ever exist. I believe it's 21 million Bitcoins and we're at about 18 million now. We're already 18, a little bit over. Now, some of the other crypto coins, uh, some of you all may have heard about uh, Doge and Ethereum and things like that. Uh, some of them have a set amount, some don't. Uh, do, do the research on your particular coin, but there's quite a few things you can go out there and start teaching yourself about crypto. Uh, there are some courses out there that are free. You can go to places like uh, Coinbase. They've got some things on there for you to read. Uh, Swan Bitcoin, uh, places like that to get information, to, to start reading about it. Because I am in no way, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on crypto. Um, I, I had a great guest, uh, episode 33, Growing Women, Growing Well, shameless plug, uh, Crypto Wendy O. She's got a great YouTube channel uh, and TikTok videos. That would be someone I follow. I read her white paper regularly. Um, but Daphne, you just said you had a course. Yeah, I got an elementary beginning course on Bitcoin and the blockchain. I keep it simple where I can understand it and, and share what I know so you can get started and start growing. But I would tell you, start purchasing some. Um, you can you can do like a monitor purchase through several of, uh, I know, uh, for instance, I got started with CoinBits app where it's an app, it's an app on my phone. And every time I spend money, I buy, I buy Bitcoin. It buys, you know, it rounds up. Uh, keep it simple and keep it small at first. Because as I'm sure you've noticed with your investments, once you buy something, you start learning about it. Right. 
and that's and that's what it'll do it'll get you in there and once you start if you start watching again youtube doing the videos uh and, it's, and i recommend wendy because uh she's a woman and she makes it where we where we're comfortable comfortable asking questions uh sometimes that world can be a little what's a good word machismo And you feel hesitant about asking questions, but uh, as I said, her uh, because she actually trades, and um, so it's a great place to learn about making money with crypto, and that that's where I'm getting better at. I love that, and I'm looking forward to your your course there because yeah, it's I think it's just like you know what I'm doing, take, taking people through my journey on becoming an entrepreneur. Now <laughs> I can help people with the podcast. I can help people with a funnel, with a landing page, you know, because mm -hmm. I've done all that kind of stuff myself. So thank you for that. I can't, I can't wait to, I want to definitely partake in that. But you mentioned something that I want to touch on as well, sure. you know, for why life insurance, right? That's, you say that's the cornerstone of oh, a yeah. financial plan. Because yeah. I think a lot of people probably have questions about that. I myself sure. do have life insurance. Well, okay. There's two there's two, okay, the basics of life insurance, the fundamental base for life insurance is to provide a death benefit, cash, to your survivors in the event of your death. And that protects your savings and all these other things that you've done and you die. And there are people that you're leaving behind. So even for single people, because usually, oftentimes I hear from folks that are in their 20s, but I'm not married, I got no kids, I don't need life insurance. One, you should buy because it it's very cheap for you right now. Two, when you do need it, it's going to be more expensive because eventually you're going to see that you need it to protect the people you love. Three, you do have things you're going to leave behind. You may leave debt to your parents. Debt doesn't disappear because you die. Someone has to actually take care of your affairs, not to mention your body. They have to take care of your affairs, shutting down your apartment, moving furniture, things of that nature. It requires cash. And it requires cash right now. So the difference between say, well, hey, I've got uh, I've got 20 grand in crypto in, in, uh, in Coinbase. Okay, today you got 20 grand in crypto, but that money adjusts because it's crypto adjusts. The death benefit in the life insurance policy is guaranteed. Your life insurance is going to pay X to this person at your death. And again, cash is very important. I don't know if you've ever had the responsibility of taking care of someone's affairs once they've passed on, but cash is very helpful. So it so it protects it protects your retirement and it protects other things of that nature that you want to leave to other people. You don't want to leave problems, you want to leave options. So the next thing about life insurance is that, for instance, traditional whole life insurance has a cash value component. That cash value component counts as an asset when you're going for any credit or anything of that nature. It's an asset, it counts towards your net worth. The great thing about traditional policies as they build cash value, you have guaranteed interest. So you can, as we say, overpay, which is more than it costs to keep the policy open. And you can use it as a savings program. So this money compounds annually. 
so it grows tax deferred. And you can also take that money out at any point. So it's not restricted like retirement accounts and use that money for what you want. Have you ever heard of the phrase infinite banking or be your own bank? No. Okay. Well, life insurance policies can do that for you. Here's an example. Walt Disney used his life insurance policy to save Disney. Um, he ran into some payroll issues in the late 30s before he hit real big with uh, Snow White. And he took money from his life insurance policy to make uh, payroll and things of that nature. And then he used it again when he was building Disney World as like a bridge loan. He was having some problems with the bankers and things of that nature. So it, it's a great way to pass on large amounts of, of money to your heirs without taxes. It's a great way to save and to grow money. So life insurance does multiple things. And now their um, life insurance policies now can be accessed under certain reasons why you're still alive. Like if there's terminal illness or there's been certain uh, injuries, um, you require nursing care and things of this nature. So life insurance is, is multifaceted. And so I, I tell anyone to, life insurance is important and you should get it. It's, it's a cornerstone because it protects the other things. I couldn't agree more. And yeah, I met with actually one of my good friends that I grew up with became a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. And so I was grateful that I started talking to him about all this stuff. And he was the person who helped me get all my finances in order after my bankruptcy and life insurance was one of those things. And I was single at the time, but mm -hmm. you know, it really is not that expensive and especially, you know, the older I get, having it now, it just gives you that sense of security that should something happen, nobody's sure. going to be responsible for, you know, anything. Yeah. Because you can also use it uh, as, as a part of your retirement planning, because again, with the permanent life insurance, which is life insurance that you have, as long as you pay the premium, again, you can uh, overpay the premium uh, and depending on type of whether it's a traditional with a, with a guaranteed interest rate or if it's indexed where a portion of it is tied to an indice, um, you can receive quite a bit of income in your uh, at the point that you want to start drawing money off of the policy and the policy still remains in, in effect. So talk to an insurance professional. They can tell you about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there anything more you want to add just, you know, for, for people who are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs and just around money mindset? Well, uh, one, you're never going to out earn your, your money thermostat. Uh, you'll, you'll slow down or increase your efforts in relation to that and uh, get with a coach and help find out where yours is. Cause you, it, it surprised me because as I started coaching, and as you know, your first, your first customer is yourself, your first client is you. And you're like, whoa, that's the feeling I had about money. Things of that nature, though, that's what I wanted to bring into it. Um, I think the, the, the next biggest thing I, I learned is about budgeting. And you know how there's always the thing about track, plan, and things of that nature. The quote, written budget, You're only going to sit down and maybe do it about one time because those things are painful. What I found is automate as much as you can. Automate and separate as much as you can. I have an account that money goes into, bills come out of, 
but I don't spend out of that account. I have another account that I spend out of. And that's so you can have guilt-free spending. Again, that word guilt, so you're not worried what comes out of this account is, is good to go. So that's the thing. Uh, that's the two things. Automation. I love automation. Yeah, automate something. as much as you can. <laughs> that's what I've been doing. That's one of the things I learned very early on. So, you know, why don't you share, you know, I, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the podcast, obviously, so people know where to find you and then where they can follow you as well. So share a little bit about the podcast and then uh, if people want to learn more, where they can get a hold of you. Great. Our, our podcast is Grown Women Growing Wealth. Um, we've got a website, uh, grownwomengrowingwealth.com, but you can get our uh, podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher. We're, we're everywhere. I made sure I put us everywhere. Um, again, it's my partner, my broadcasting partner, uh, Roberta Rivella. She's a sales coach. I'm a wealth coach. And we're talking to women about growing their wealth and keeping it. Because remember, it's not just what you make, but it's what you keep. And how can you uh, find me? My favorite spot is Instagram, the smart money chick. Um, try to post daily and I check it regularly for DMs and things like that. I would send it to my webpage, but it's evolving. It's there. But who knows what it's looking like that. <laughs> so Instagram is about the best. Uh, Instagram. And you can fo also follow me on Facebook, The Smart Money Chick. So in the same for our podcast. So, But our webpage is real good for our podcast. I love it. And yeah, we'll get the links on in the show notes as well. So everybody can find you and uh, listen to the show and, and just get more information. I think this is so important. I don't think it's talked enough about in starting a business, especially the investment part of it and the life insurance part. So thank you so mm -hmm. much for clarifying that. Well, no problem. Yeah. Especially Gen X women, forgive yourself and start where you are. Yeah. You're good enough. We know a lot of stuff. We are big girls and we can do it. We sure do. Well, Daphne, thank you so much for being on the show today. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And don't forget, if you haven't already, come join us at the first annual Rise Beyond Recovery Virtual Summit. It is free to attend. Or like I said, you can buy that VIP pass, which will give you lifetime access to the speaker recordings, a couple free courses in there, free gifts or bonus gifts and so much more. So check it out at www.risebeyondrecovery.ca and I will see you on the next episode. I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague. Be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchedbyaddiction.com.